It's that choice to connect and be affectionate. Ever wonder what your animals are trying to tell you? How to decipher those looks, barks, meows, and interesting behaviors? Join me as I share numerous animal communication encounters and some bizarre unfoldings. Jump into unique stories that will open your mind to the depths in which the animals that share our world are looking to connect. All right, so jumping on here today because I just gotta talk about Bob, Bobby Bibbers, the Bobcat. <laughs> man, oh man, what a journey it has been the last couple of years since our world has opened up to barn cats. Whole new world. Any of you out there who have had barn cats just show up at your barn. So side note, I grew up in the city. My parents grew up on farms and growing up as a kid, my grandparents and some of my aunts and uncles had farms. So I was on farms a lot, but I grew up in the city. And so when we first added barnyard animals into our lives, That was a big shift. It was a really big shift to have an animal that, you know, is under your care or how I saw it at the moment, but isn't in the house with you. Like all of a sudden those coyote noises that I used to actually find really cool at night. Now that we had these two younger sheep in the barn, that sound took on a totally, totally different perspective. And it definitely took quite a bit of time to get used to. But with the barn cats showing up over the last couple of years, this has just been so many lessons, so many unfoldings. I'm sure there's going to be a couple of episodes on these guys too, because I've just grown so much through this experience and definitely (laughs) learned a lot about myself. And where I can be, you know, micromanagey or over worry when it comes to the furry beings that are in our life. I'm sure some of you guys can relate to that, everyone out there. And so a couple of years ago, it first started with Lynx showing up. Beautiful, beautiful cat. Alex noticed him first. And he just would be hanging out on the bales. You couldn't get too close to him. But he also wasn't hiding, which was cool. And so when Lynx was around, what I would do is connect from heart to heart. And I just made sure that I sent him all of these safe vibes and visuals. You're totally welcome here. This space is open for you. Please feel safe while you're here. We enjoy having you here. And so sure enough, within about three or four months, Lynx would just let me get a little closer and a little closer. And then one day I just put my hand out and he came up 
and he put his head right into my hand and started purring. And from that day on, was so super affectionate, so affectionate. It was just wonderful. But he would just come and go. So he'd be at our place for a week, then he'd be gone for a week. To this day, no idea where else they go, but there's somewhere else that they go and they get fed because they don't look like they don't get fed. (laughs) And so last winter, Bob started showing up. Didn't know he was a Bob then. You wouldn't even see him out and around. If you did, he was like running and hiding. Super, super, super skittish. It was fascinating because when I first connected in intuitively, I picked up that Bob was a girl. But I think the energy came across that way, whether it was just how I was picking it up or if Bob was maybe sending it that way. I was getting the female feel, but if I would have picked up that it was a male, and that's where I wonder if it was him trying to throw me off or just maybe my own intuition throwing me off. So I wouldn't have done this. I maybe would have become a little more controlling with the food because I knew that this new visitor was changing things for links. He wasn't coming around as much. You could tell there was more stress. And I think if I knew it was a male at the time, I would have done more or a great term to say I would have interfered more. And that's really what it would have been doing. But I would have interfered more to try to help Lynx because he was who was here originally first and who we bonded with. And so the fact that this new cat was coming forward in a female essence, I didn't step in because I knew it wouldn't be the same territorial things as if it was male to male. Sure enough, once Bob opened up a little more, he was definitely male. And so then I can see, so we don't ever have Bob and Lynx here at the same time. And Lynx actually went away for a while and Bob stayed. And so it went like several, several, several months before Lynx came back. Lynx actually came back when I was at Lucia's place learning some more things. So totally not surprised that while I was in the magic of her training, that this awesome soul came back to visit us and make us so happy again. And just to know that he was okay. But anyways, with these cats, it's just been such a lesson because there really is no control there. They come and go as they please. Yes, we do set food and water out for them, but they do use the donkey's water bowl. They do hunt and they do what they would like to do. It helps me look at our more domesticated crew members in a different light. You know, we can easily overcoddle our own animals and take on too much ownership for their health and wellness. Sometimes it minimizes their own ability or capability to take care of themselves. You know, Jade. Jade is always telling me this, like whenever I get worried with her, she's stern, but she'll be like, stop. Like I know how to take care of myself. Give me that ownership, right? Don't think that I'm this weak individual that isn't capable of a certain layer level of self-care. That has been 
a really, really cool unfolding over the last few years of just really giving that empowerment back to the animals and knowing that although they like being around us, that they maybe don't need us as much as we sometimes think that they do. We really can step into our eye, but I'm sure some of you guys can relate to this, step into a role of over-nurturing almost that then minimizes that being's potential, you could say. And so anyways, jumping back, Bob originally would not come out at all. He was completely feral, would hide, skittish, all those things. But we would still set food out for the cats. And then every once in a while, I would throw out a tiki cat canned food. I do like that brand of cat canned food if you're going to be using something like that. And just like month after month, you'd see a little more you get a little more. Same thing with him. Put out those exact same vibes like, hey, safe space for you. You're totally welcome to be here. Please know we're not going to hurt you. And he just started showing up a bit more. And then it got to the point that we were actually able to engage. Now, this took a lot longer than it did with Link's. And what I would typically do with Bob is like the fist bump kind of position. So I'd put my hand out and I'd put it in a fist and I'd move it closer to him, but still lots of space that if he wanted to engage, if he wanted to be pet, he could come and then rub his hand on my fist and then I'd pet him. And so at first, this was really funny. You could tell he wanted to be pet. He was like leaning into it and this wasn't treat motivated whatsoever. And so that's one of the things I'm personally careful of is when I'm doing these, I want him to be pet because he's choosing it because he wants to. It's not, oh, let me pet you. And then now here's your food. It's no, here's your food. We will always provide you food. But if you would like to engage with us more, I would love that. (laughs) If you don't, that's okay. That's fine. I get it. I'll respect that boundary. But if you do, I'm also open for that as well. Yeah, so we could actually start petting Bob, but he would growl while you're petting him. And you'd have to be careful. Bob's really, really, really in tune. And so if he's a little off and then you're a little nervous or off, he like picks up on that and then he swats and he swats like he's gotten me a good couple times. He's gotten my partner a good couple times. He also can be really moody if you're bringing him kibble per se and not a canned food because of course he would love the canned food. And then within the few summer months, Bob just opened up and he has become one of the most affectionate, loving part of the pack cats. And it just (laughs) blows my mind. He'll come and he'll meet us at the mudroom door when we're getting ready to come out and do barn chores in the morning. Once we're done doing barn chores, he just trots back with the dogs back to the mudroom. He has never harmed a chicken 
or the babies. That's a really cool story too between boundaries with the chickens and the cats that I will share at another time because it's it's quite, quite, quite fascinating to observe and watch. Although he has hunted different things around the barn, he has caught pigeons, he has caught mice. And so I know he has the ability to catch one of the babe chickens, but he never has. But I have set boundaries out for him, as I do with some of the animals. Like, if you're going to be here, that is okay. But please know it's not okay with us if you eat the chickens. And that's another cool thing of connecting with animals is you can also set out expectations. Now, they won't always listen to them. They don't have to follow what you put out there. But sometimes they just don't know. And so then putting that out there sets that boundary for them. And so the thing and why I'm jumping on today to talk about Bob is the other night I was sitting in the barn and I was done chores. So I'm like, let's just chill, hang out. And he comes up and he just curls up on my lap, purring, the motor's just going and falls asleep. And I'm just like, what's going on here? I couldn't help but get curious in this moment because here is this cat that I would say before warming up to us was feral. I do not think this cat had human interactions before us where he was affectionate. I don't think he was raised by humans and then kicked out. I think this cat was raised outdoors. And one's moving through the fear and everything else without being provoked by food or anything like that. This guy chooses to be affectionate, chooses to curl up on my lap, and that's what he just wants to do. And then I go a little deeper. So is he doing this because this is what he wants to do? Or does he know how much I enjoy this? And he's tuning in on that level because he's super dialed in, and he's showing up for me. Or Is it a little bit of both? And is it just that deeper connection that when we calm down and we take a couple of breaths and we step out of the day-to-day stress, we're done doing barn chores and we just have that free time and we allow ourselves to have that free time, is it just a pure example of how we're connected on a deeper level And how it was a soul recognizing its soul within another counterpart and having a connection that just needed to happen. And so I'm not sure. It could be any of those. It could be none of those. But I have to say, these barn cats just have me thinking. I share these stories with my yoga class all the time just because it's that choice to connect and be affectionate, right? And so, I don't know. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that this has sparked some interest for each of you to go 
a little deeper and to breathe with some of your own connections and to recognize, is it me showing up for them or is it them knowing that I need something and showing up for me? Or is this just a deeper connection that's unfolding? Thank you for your time today and for letting me chat with you guys about Bobcat, our magnificent being that sometimes lives in our barn. Have a wonderful day. Here's our little disclaimer. Please know that these animal connections are coming in through my beliefs and filters. They're coming in through my consciousness. That they are not a diagnosis, or are they applicable to all animals? More simply put, these stories are meant to inspire individuals to dive deeper into the relationships with the animals in their world and all that they have to share with them.